This is a story for Caithness. It's called The Seal Killer. Now, there was once a man who lived near Chona Groats on the north coast of Caithness, and he was a poor man. He had a small farm, which he, he tended, he worked the farm, and he went to the fishing as well, just like all the other people in the area. But he also had another string to his bow, because he was a seal hunter. He was a seal killer. And he would kill the seals, he would skin them, and he would cure the skins, and he would sell them for good money. And that was how he made most of his living. Now, some of the old people used to say, you shouldn't be doing that, boy. You shouldn't be hurting the seals. You know, they can be human at times too. They can take their skins off and, and become human. And you shouldn't be killing them. No good will come out of it, mark my words. But the man just laughed. <laughs> Old wives' tales, he said. Superstitious rubbish. Nonsense. And he carried on, just as if nobody had said a thing. Now one day he was down along the shore, and he saw that there were some selkies lying on the rocks, and among them, was a great big bull selkie, a great big male, and he was huge, and his skin was a beautiful silvery colour, and the man thought, oh, can you imagine the money that I will get for that skin? I must kill that seal. I will be very well paid for that pelt. So very carefully he went down to the shore, went on his belly, and very, very slowly and very quietly he crawled over to where the seals were lying asleep in the sun. He got close to that big bull selkie, and he had taken his knife from the sheath, the knife that he used to kill seals with, and he got very, very close to the seal, and he raised up his arm to strike. The long blade glinted in the sun, and suddenly the seal's eyes opened, and it saw him. And it made a lumber to get to the edge of the rocks and back into the sea. And the man struck, but it moved at the same time, so he didn't get a good quick kill as he had hoped for. But the knife sunk into the selkie's side as it chomped into the sea. It swam away, leaving a trail of blood behind it. Well, the man was annoyed. Not only had he lost this fine big selkie, but he'd lost his good knife as well, his seal-killing knife. But he thought that was a bad wound. He won't survive that. He'll die sooner or later. I just hope that he gets washed ashore, and I hope I find him in time. I don't want him rotting there, because the skin will be useless. But in the next day or so, his body might wash ashore, and I'll get me knife back, and I'll get that skin yet. And so he went home. 
and he was sitting down to a bite of supper with his wife and Burns, when there was a knock at the door, a very loud knock, the knock of somebody that meant business. He went over to the door and opened it, and there was a stranger, a tall, dark man in a long coat that went down to his feet. He had a hat pulled low over his face as well. And he said, Are you Donald, the seal killer? Well, I am. Why, who's asking? Nah, it doesn't matter, he says. I'm here on business. Now, I believe that you sell sealskins, is that right? Yes, he says, that's true. It's no, no secret. Well, I'm in the market for buying some sealskins from you. But I need a good number, and I need them fast. In fact, I need them as soon as possible. Tonight, if you have any. Well, he said, I I just have one on a frame around the back there, and I don't have uh, I don't have anything else. I uh, I would have to, to hunt some more. <clears throat> well I'm, I'm not sure that I, it would take me a wee while to amass any number. Well, I'm needing a few dozen. Dozen, he says. Oh, no, I couldn't supply you with that. I mean, you know, I, I don't have that many. And I don't know where I would be able to get that number of sealskins from either. Well, maybe I can help you there, said the man. I know a place. You do? Oh, yes. I know a place where there's lots of seals, and I can take you there this very evening and show you. Well, I would like to see that, he said. Well, come with me then. So Donald left the house, went out, and then he saw that this stranger, he had a horse with him, a large horse. And he climbed up on the horse, the stranger, and he said to Donald, Climb up behind me, and hold tight, we'll be riding fast. We have a long way to go. So he climbed up behind him, and he held on tight as the man spurred his horse, and they galloped off. Now the horse ran at a tremendous speed, and Donald was hanging on for dear life. The old seal killer was hanging on for as best as he could to the stranger. And they rode and they rode and they rode until in the end they came to cliffs. And the man stopped the horse, got off it. The seal killer got off the horse too. And the stranger went over to the edge of the cliff and he said, Down there, and pointed towards the foot of the cliff. Now, Donald didn't think that this looked like a very safe place to be. And he didn't know who this man was. He wasn't too keen to go anywhere near the edge. But he curiosity got the better of him, and he did move a bit nearer to the edge, and he was looking over, you know, but he, he couldn't see a thing. There was just cliffs and sea. And the stranger said, Come a bit closer, look down there. 
So Donald went to the edge of the cliff, and he looked down, but the only thing below him was just the sea beating against the sheer cliff, when suddenly arms were around him. The stranger had grabbed him in a vice-like grip he couldn't break free, and then, to his horror, the stranger leant forward, and the two of them fell over the edge of the cliff and down they plummeted down to the sea, and poor old Donald was thinking, my days are done. I don't know who this man is or what he's playing at, but I am a dead man. And they entered the sea with a splash, and Donald expected to drown. He couldn't swim. But to his amazement, he discovered that he could breathe under the sea. It was a very strange feeling, but instead of just entering the sea and then bobbing back up to the top again, they carried on going, down and down and down, deeper and deeper into the sea. Now, before his eyes, he could see that they were nearing the bottom at last, but there was something there that shook him to the core, that shocked him, because... Instead of just being rocks and seaweed, there was a doorway, a great big arched door, and in front of it there was golden sand. Now the two of them landed on this piece of sand, and the stranger opened the door and told Seal Killer to come in. So he went inside. And once he was inside, he could see that all along this long, long stretch of a corridor, this long lobby coming into the front there, this hallway, there was benches either side of it. And there, all over the place, were seals, all staring at him, all with big brown eyes, and all the big brown eyes were full of tears. They were all crying, they were all weeping, they were all sorrowing, lamenting for something or someone. Now, as he was going along this hallway, Donald saw that there was a mirror on the wall, and he absent-mindedly cast a glance towards it as he was passing, but the sight that greeted him was shocking, because it wasn't his face that looked back. It was the face of a seal. And he looked down at his hands, but they weren't hands anymore. They were flippers with long nails. The stranger put his hand on Donald's shoulder in a reassuring way. And then Donald realized that this was the selkie folk. Those old wives' tales were true. The superstition was fact. The ridiculous was real. And there he was in the middle of him, and he thought, they have taken me here to punish me. They're going to kill me now because I have killed so many of their people. But they could sense that there was something wrong. He said, please don't hurt me. Please don't kill me. 
and they came closer, some of the seals, and they, they nudged him with their noses and their big sad eyes. And the strange man, who was still in the shape of a man, said, You have no reason to fear us. The selkie folk bear you no malice. But I want you to come with me. So they went along till they came to a doorway, and the man went through the door. He said, Wait here a moment. He went inside and he came back, and he was carrying something, something that Donald recognized, something that the seal killer had used many, many times before. Do you recognize this? said the stranger. Donald looked at it with a feeling of shame burning inside him, and he said, Yes, it's my knife. Mm-hmm. And how did you come to lose this knife? Earlier today, I drove it into a seal, but he got away with it. Yes, said the man, sadly nodding his head. He said, that was my father. He is the king of the Selkie folk here. It was him that you wounded, and he is near to death. But you can heal him. You have been brought here as a healer. But I'm no healer. I'm just an ordinary man. I mean, I'm, I'm a seal killer. I know nothing about healing. Hmm. That's not a problem, he said, said the stranger. I know. I know what you have to do, and I can tell you. Come with me. So he went into the room, and there was a bed. It was a bed of flat rock with seaweed piled up on it, and there on the seaweed was the same big bull selkie that he'd seen earlier in the day, and there in his side was an evil-looking wound. Now, said the stranger, I want you to push the two halves of the wound together. So, as best as he could, Donald pushed the two halves of the wound together until they joined. And then he said, And now, breathe on it. So Donald breathed on the wound, and the two halves of the wound stayed fused together. In fact, they healed so fast, there was barely a trace of a scar there. And the old Selkie opened his eyes and managed to raise himself up a little. All the Selkie folk were in, so delighted, they all cried with joy. The tears streaming from their big brown eyes now were not tears of sorrow, they were tears of joy. And so... Donald turned around and walked slowly from the room, followed by the stranger. And as he stood there in the hallway, again surrounded by all these selkies, the stranger said to him, Donald, Donald the seal killer. Yes, said Donald, expecting now that he would receive his punishment. Well, 
you have done a great service to us. But there is one thing. I can take you back to your family, but you must make me one promise. You must make a vow, a vow so binding that you cannot break it. I will, said Donald, anything. I want you to vow that you will never kill or harm another seal for as long as you live. Oh, I promise, he said, I swear by everything I hold sacred, I swear. And that is good enough for us. Come, I'll take you home. So they left this great building. They left the sound of rejoicing behind them. And then once more, Donald felt the strong arms around him, and they shot up out of the water. They shot through the water so fast that Donald hardly had time to gather his wits about him when suddenly they broke the surface of the sea. But instead of just bobbing up and down on the surface, they kept going. They shot up the side of the cliff and they landed on the top safe and sound, and the stranger's horse was still there waiting for them. Now, Donald was afraid because... He looked down and he could still see the flippers. He was still a seal. Was this his punishment? To remain the rest of his life as a seal, looking at his wife and children in the distance, but not being able to go up and see them? Well, he felt it was probably all I deserve. But the stranger just leant forward and said, Never fear. Do not worry. Everything will be fine, and everything will be like it was before. And he breathed gently on the seal killer, and as he breathed on him, the seal skin melted away, and Donald could see once more fingers and feet. He was himself again. He stood up, straight and erect, and then the stranger said, Climb up on the back of the horse behind me. I'll take you home. So they rode for some distance. They rode fast, until they eventually came to the cottage where Donald the seal killer lived. He got down off the horse, and he turned to the stranger, and he extended his hand to him to shake hands. But the stranger didn't shake hands with him. Here, he said, take this. And he dropped a bag in the outstretched hand. Take this with you. This will keep you going for the rest of your days. You see, never let it be said that the selkie folk deprived a man of his livelihood, no matter what that livelihood was. Goodbye to you. And he turned the horse and rode away. Well, Donald, shaken, went into his house where he sat down at the table, and he put the bag down on the table with a loud clink. He untied the string that bound it, and he opened the bag, and it was full of gold coins. 
There was more money there than he had ever seen in his life before, much more money than he had ever made selling sealskins. And so, after that, Donald and his wife and his family were very well off. They built a new house, which was much bigger than their old one, and they, he never had to work again. He never had to work the land. He never had to, to go and fish, unless he felt like going fishing. And he never had to kill another seal again, and nor would he. He had taken that oath. He had meant it. And now he had plenty of money. He didn't need to harm another seal. And in fact, there was nothing more than Donald the seal killer loved more in the world than to sit down by the shore in an evening when the sun was setting and the warm rays were still on his face and it was painting the sky gold and red and purple. He would sit down at the shore there and watch the seals swimming in the sea, playing together, or just hauling themselves up on the rocks and sleeping. He loved the seals. 